Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hyperconscious Podcast. Alan, what is Hyperconscious? Once you understand why something is the way that it is, now you have the power to change it. Great conversations with great people and great questions are the keys to the kingdom of unlocking your consciousness. Every single action that you do starts as a thought. When you control the way you think, you will control the way you act, and you will control the way you live. That is hyper-conscious. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another very special, as always, episode of the Hyperconscious Podcast. Alan and I were lucky enough to sit down with Mr. Steve Ryder at his house overlooking Scottsdale, Arizona. Yeah, so many great takeaways from this episode. One in particular, we learned something from HPA Live, which we went from HPA Live, Brendan Burchard's event, to uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, 45-minute drive up on top of a mountain. Um, Brendan Burchard says there's, you know, old friends, maintenance friends, and then growth friends. Those are the three buckets. And then Steve blew my mind and said, don't forget about the wisdom bucket. Yes, he dropped a whole bunch of wisdom. He told us his biggest hopes and dreams, and we went... Uh, back into his childhood and what made him the man he is today. It's a very emotional episode. It was very emotional for Alan and I as well. But we really enjoyed Steve and we appreciate how vulnerable he was. And we hope you enjoy it. Talk to you soon. Bye. No, no, no. Geographically? Geographically. Geographically. This is cool. So I would say make sure that pretty face is shown. Yes, true. They're going to want to see that thing. They're going to want to see that thing, Alan. It's that face. You good? Ready? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another very special, as always, episode of the Hyperconscious Podcast. We are recording another episode on the road today. Alan, I am going to let you introduce our next guest because you have shared the stage with him. Uh, you have shared laughs and tears with him and everything in between. Yes, so Steve Ryder is here with us, folks. I met uh, Steve and his beautiful wife, Beth, back. Uh, Mariana was just on episode, I believe, 63. Um, he is a coach of Mariana's. Um, we spoke together in Boston at the, I believe the Intercontinental and you blew everyone away. Um, the coolest part, and I know Kevin wanted to mention this, but I'm going to lead with it. You first went around the room and (laughs) yeah, and asked everyone what they wanted to get out of this speech. And then you made sure to go through that entire thing and make sure that everyone got the value that they came for, which I thought was super impressive. As a speaker, I look up to you tremendously. I also love how deep you went into your story and got a little vulnerable. And you had a lot of people in that room in tears. I know that I was because I felt so much of your pain, but also your triumph. And so today, what Kevin and I, you just brought us through your unbelievable dream house i mean it might as well be a cribs episode yes um and you guys will see that we are in scottsdale arizona on the cameras for those of you on youtube we are overlooking literally we're on a mountain overlooking arizona and it is unbelievable. all of scottsdale arizona all of scottsdale it's hands down the most beautiful house i've ever been in yes hands down so i'm already dreaming bigger for having been here 
Steve, welcome. Um, I'm so glad you took the time to do this. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. I really am glad you guys came by, and uh, let's get it on. Let's do some talking. Let's get it on. Let's figure out what's going on in this world. All right. So I guess we just came from Brenda Bouchard's event uh, Mm -hmm. where we had the, the pleasure to meet so many different people, and it seems like not a lot of people are aware of what's going on in their head and why. So I want to know, I'm just so curious about how you overcame your story. And if you don't mind telling us what growing up for you was like, what, the, what struggles did you have to overcome within yourself, on the outside, all of them? Because I think people see struggles as an, an, an exterior thing, and it's not. A lot of the struggles we have are inside. Oh, absolutely. Right? Would you mind going into a little bit of your story, a lot of your story, all of your story, whatever you feel comfortable going into? Yeah, yeah. Whatever you think the listeners will resonate with. Well, at the end of the day, my story, uh, everyone has a story. And what it is is truly what you're learning in life and the lessons that you're going to have. And you, uh, John Maxwell actually has a book that he wrote, You Can Either fail or what is it you can learn or you can fail what the heck uh, oh, fail win? forward no you can win or you can learn ah yes so at the end of the day when it comes to learning i have come a long way when i was 16 unfortunately uh, mother went into a coma and uh, she was in a coma for six years and for that six years i was 16 years old she died when i was 22 And every single Friday, 352 Fridays, I had to take my younger brother and my younger sister to go visit her. And being in a coma for six years takes the most beautiful woman. She was 34 years old when she went into a coma. Um, And it took the most beautiful woman that I totally admired and totally respect, and it was my best friend. Um, And to watch her deteriorate week by week by week um, was devastating. But there were some bright sides, and I'll never forget these bright sides because I now can meditate and bring them back. Um, She would twitch, and we would think that she was going to wake up. And then that night, I would have a dream that she would wake up. And it didn't matter if she woke up and was in a wheelchair or if she was an invalid or if she sometimes she woke up and she was just perfect because they said the operation was a success. She should live a long life. She lived six years in a coma. Mm. And so I never knew if she was going to wake up. But those dreams that I had in my heart to think that she would wake up someday kept my hope. And at the end of the day, uh, when she did pass, I was angry. God has a way of doing things. And if I truly had to go back, and, and now that I know what I felt and what I went through, Um, I've read a book uh, by Dr. Wayne Dyer that said, you know, you have this conversation with the Lord when you're first born. And I had this conversation. He says, well, you know, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to be an international marketing consultant. And I knew that's what I wanted to be my whole life, and that's what I am now. But I didn't know that he was going to say, okay, so first of all, if you want that, you're going to have to go through an abusive childhood. Mm. And then after that, you're going to have to have your mother, your best friend, die. And not only die, but go into a coma for six years. And then after that, you're going to have a whole lot of hatred. And you're going to get in hundreds of fights. You're going to kill yourself two or three times. And then 
you'll understand why. And it wasn't for any particular reason under that it was God's mission. And it was just what I had to go through. And now that I've been able to be successful in real estate, and I have a beautiful wife and a beautiful son, um, a father that loves me, a stepmother that loves me, brothers and sisters, I truly know that I couldn't be happier. And now it's my time to go and share with the world that life is all about learning and going through those failures are just going to teach you and give you character. Everyone has to put on their big boy panties because we all have a story. We all have had something that's happened to us that's touched us that we have to either A, overcome, or B, be a victim to. And I choose to overcome. So, My goodness. That's, that's my story. Wow. Um, so for all the listeners, that's what we had the privilege. Um, you went a little deeper in the speech, but that's what we had the privilege to witness in that room. And that's a great, great, great opening because I feel like that's going to build such a strong connection with everyone because everyone goes through struggle. Um, a lot of times I think that we make excuses for ourselves as to why we can't achieve our dreams. And you and I just talked in the preamble with Kevin about this home at one point was just a dream in 1990. And you just talked about all the things you were most grateful for, your beautiful wife, your son, your siblings. Sometimes when you're in the darkest times, in the deepest holes, you don't always see that light. Um, You set an intention, you told us in 1990, of living in a home like this with a beautiful family. And you said that it took twice as long as you intended. Um, What can you give to the listeners to, to maybe help them dream bigger? Because like you said in the preamble, the people called you a little crazy, like, oh, it's not going to happen. When you were 10 years in, this was your goal. But here you are 20 years later, and it all happened. Um, So, yeah. For those of you who have a dream, I can tell you right now, the first thing you need to do is write it down. Because when you write it down, you're actually setting an intention. And then once you do that, then you just pay attention to it. So you set the intention, and then you pay attention Mm. to whatever that goal is that you want. Because the the world is full of energy. And the minute you go after something that you want, that energy will just go that direction. And you can always accomplish whatever you want. Here's the thing that most people don't understand. understand Most people can accomplish way more in five years. How do I say that? Most people think what they can accomplish in one year is great, but it's what you can accomplish in five years. Because we all just want a short-term goal. We want a short-term reward. We want to get that trophy. And we don't pay our dues. In life, it's about in in business, everything is about self-mastery. And Mm -hmm. self-mastery means you've got to master yourself first. Mm -hmm. And that means you've got to look inside and reflect. And I'm telling you that the demons that I had inside, I, I hated them. And I fought them. And I won. And it's not until just recently that I've been reading some books that, that clearly say that's the way you win, is by beating that stuff in your mind. I, uh, I used to say when I saw people, I was a wrestler, and so when I would see people that were a little overweight, honestly, I would like, oh, you know, they're fat. And I didn't like that I would say that in my head. It just 
bugged me because that's not right. And it just bugged me so much that I said to the Lord, please help me. Please help me. I don't like feeling anything negative about anyone. And he goes, boop, they're full of love. (sighs) And every time I see someone that's a little overweight, I just say they're full of love. Mm. And I tell you, it just fills my heart to know that I've overcome just a stupid little thought in my head. Yeah, judgment. But I had to, it was judgment. Mm. And I had to reprogram it. And nobody ever would hear it but me. Mm. But it starts here. That is what this podcast that is about. That is all what this <laughs> podcast is about. I am having quite possibly the most surreal moment of my life as the sun is setting over these mountains behind us. Um, you're talking about forgiveness and and. During the event we were at, we had to release mm. something within ourselves, release something that's holding us back from our past. And I'm going to be very transparent here. I had a, nothing like that, nothing like your childhood, not nearly, I cannot even fathom what that is like, but I did have my struggles. I grew up in a single, a single family home. Uh, my mother wasn't always there. I love her so very much, and I'm so glad she is in my life, and I would not trade her for the world. But growing up without a father made me it gave me those demons i had a lot of hate a lot of hate a lot of demons of why why would you leave me i'm not good enough uh i don't i always used to say i wouldn't care if he died if i never met him i met him last year for the first time in 20 something years and as awesome as it was i don't know how to love somebody that i haven't loved or i haven't felt love from and i've had other people ask me about that what was that like what was that like is there anything you can tell about how to change a relationship with somebody or change the way that you feel about them? How do you release those feelings towards them? And I'm asking just as much for me as I am for anybody else. <clears throat> I wrote a book called Change. It took me two minutes. <laughs> um, and it's actually appropriate because if you look at it, it starts in the cocoon and then turns into the butterfly. Mm. And they have not been able to have any genes that are in a caterpillar that are in a butterfly. So what happens when that caterpillar decides to get in this cocoon cocoon, and be completely wrapped up and engrossed, knowing someday it's going to fly? So I look at that analogy and I think of... We're all caterpillars. We're all just kind of plodding along, trying to figure out what we want, but we don't really go inside ourselves and really figure out what we want. And it shouldn't take a tragedy to make us see that. Mm. What it should take is love, not hate. Love, not hurt. We should have a better way of expressing ourselves as human beings, loving each other and helping each other. And uh, I work at Keller Williams, and I can tell you that the culture at Keller Williams is what changed my life. Mm. When I went to Keller Williams, I saw a man on stage, Gary Keller, who had a son named John. And the way he spoke about his son... I said, I need a new mentor. Mm. I need someone that's going to make me be a good father and not follow the path. 
that so often happens. Yes. Family after family after family. Mm. And there was no way that was going to happen to me. And so I picked a new mentor. And it was Gary Keller. And his son John just got married at 24. And all the kids that he grew up with all stood up and spoke at that wedding saying, thank you, Gary, for being a role model in our life. And so we need more role models. We need the younger generation, the older generation, all of the generations to put the bullshit aside and just start getting along, being a little more transparent, and realize that love comes from the heart. And with love, it conquers everything. It's the only thing that will conquer hate. Wow. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. We were just at... As Kevin mentioned, Brendan Burchard's event, and he had a unique distinction that I've never heard articulated this way. He said that our life only changes in two ways, and you kind of just articulated one of them. The first one is that something new comes into our environment. The other one is something new comes from within. Um, You sort of just described how when you heard Gary Keller speak and the way he spoke specifically about his son, that inspired you. Can you tell us how you got into that environment where you got inspired? Because I'm going to tell the listeners right now, this week has been... Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I feel like I'm heading to a new butterfly phase of my life for sure. Even just being here in this house, like... Even the neuroscience shows, like, everything you're around and everyone you talk to and every connection you make changes your brain functionally, chemically, and structurally. So make sure you're in the right arenas with the right people. So how did you get into that room with Gary Keller to where you became the you know, caterpillar turning into a butterfly? It was uh, an opportunity where I had given, you know, you have to give before you get. And I had given to a lot of agents when I was in the real estate business. My father gave to me. I was able to give to other agents. And these guys that I gave to opened a Keller Williams office and they were struggling. And uh, since I was their mentor, they said, hey, Steve, could you come in and help? And I'm like, no. Would you like to come to this Keller Williams event? No. (laughs) Finally, they convinced me in 1998, in the summer of 98, or the uh, fall of 98, to actually go in and go to what we called a mega camp. And there was only 500 agents there that were all top producers, and I was just an invited guest. And I got to actually go up and be interviewed by Gary Keller. And uh, he did what's called the book on me. And what the book is is a unlayering of your soul by asking five questions and then going five deep on each question. Mm. And you start out with, you know, some of your successes and how that make you feel and different ways that uh, it affected you. And with the opportunity of just getting to know Gary on a one-on-one basis, because they actually turned me around, and he did this interview for about 35 to 40 minutes, and it normally will make 99% of the people cry. But for me, I was very confident in myself, and I knew that he was the guy that I wanted to be around. I had just been in a uh, with him for a day and a half, and it was at the very end of that day and a half that I got this opportunity to go up, and I knew... The two things that I learned at Keller Williams first year, and people say to me, Keller Williams, that's what you learned the first year? How does a a child spell love? T-I-M-E. That was the first thing that I learned at Keller Williams to me that was important. And the second year is 
how do you, what's important to a woman? Snuggles, hugs, and kisses. Oh, I remember you teaching me <laughs> right? that at the last dinner. Right? Snuggles, hugs, hugs and, and kisses. kisses. I love it. And for all the women out there, I'm pretty sure I'm correct. <laughs> the cars and the houses all, and the jewelry, although that's nice. Yeah. Guys, snuggles, hugs, and kisses. And the 10-second kiss, if you can do that one, where you come home and you kiss your girlfriend, wife, significant other for 10 seconds, you unite Two energies mm. that immediately will multiply into the most amazing. It's two energies igniting together, and it could cause all kinds of <laughs> wonderful things. <laughs> wonderful things. There so, you go. So for the listeners, I um, you suggested that. You and I have been to dinner and lunch several times. Yes. I've had the privilege to be around Steve. I'm so blessed to have so many incredible mentors. Um, thank you so much, Mariana, for introducing me to Steve. So um, you told me that at dinner once, and you and I have laughed, we've cried, your stories are unbelievable, Uh, South Africa, all kinds of crazy things. So get around mentors who have a lot of experience, because it's going to inspire you to go do more. But I remember you taught me the 10 second kiss and my, she's actually my ex now. Um, (laughs) Whoa, we're too well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So... Jenny and I did do that, though. We did the 10-second kiss. We also used to do something called the gratitude game where we'd talk about three things we're most grateful for before bed. But I want to tell the listeners right now, like, if you are in a relationship where you're struggling, definitely give the 10-second kiss a try. And remember, it's 10 10 Mississippi, and you want to kiss passionately. But like he said, it's two energies connecting. And I think that we get busy, we get disconnected, we get caught up in ourselves, and we forget to, to connect. And I know that that was one of the most powerful things that I've tried. Um, I remember you saying snuggles, love, and kisses, and the 10-second the kiss was something I actually implemented. So give that a shot if you're a listener. Love it. Um, so you, I love how much you talk about love and how much you care about love and how much you believe love is the thing. Was it hard for you after losing your mother, after loving her so much? I know a lot of people go into that shell. We talked about that, yep. about going into that shell. I've, I've met and spoken with a lot of people who are afraid to – we talked about this recently – I just care too much. I just care too much and then I get hurt. I don't believe in that because I think that you have to be your full self. You have to give your love. If somebody doesn't give it back, you can still lay your head on the pillow at the end of the night knowing I was my full self. How, did, was that something that you've always known or after that loss of your mother, your best friend, did you run away from love for a while? Were you afraid to put those feelings out there because you were afraid to maybe lose it again? I know a lot of people are going through that. Yes and no. So here's the the real truth. I'm still extremely lonely, even though I have a wonderful house, a wonderful life, a wonderful family. I lost one of the most important things to me, and that was my mother. And I will never not feel alone without her. Have I been able to overcome and, and be able to love again? Yep. But here's the thing. The more that you hurt is the more that you were able to love. Mm. And mm-hmm. so if you really, really hurt and you really had some serious love going on, and a lot of people don't get to feel that love. So I've taken the love that I had for her and just transformed it to others. And my goal is to just totally enrich the world. And I have a lot of different ways to do it, but it's through love. 
and spreading the message. People are just... They're afraid to be transparent in this world. Everyone doesn't want to get hurt. They want to be tough. And I don't think that's I don't think that's going to get us ahead in life. I really think at the end of the day, tough is cool, but um, love is cooler. Mm. That was powerful. Mm. Um, so before we got on this podcast, I encouraged Steve when he does start speaking again. I cannot wait um, because I think that that speech in Boston, the amount that you cared for the audience and the amount that you cared about their needs, their desires, what do they really want to get out of this? And then the way you went about that really shows that you do care. You know, you were crying on stage, you just teared up right now, and I think that's so, so true. I always say this one quote that I think you'll resonate with, which is, your adversity is actually your advantage because it gives you the emotional strength to do extraordinary things that ordinary people just cannot do. So it's like that pendulum. You've been through so much pain, but because you were able to overcome that, you have an unbelievable capacity to love. I know that, Kevin, you have that as well. I do. And as you go through these struggles, remember that you're a leader. And, you know, Steve is here telling us his story, being vulnerable, being open, being transparent, as you said. And I just want everyone out there to know, like, Steve has been through so, so, so much, but he still was able to fight through it all and achieve his dreams. So at this point in your life, have you achieved all of your dreams? And I must, I know that there's more to it. So, so what dreams have you achieved? And then what, what's next for Steve Ryder? We've been able to achieve financial wealth. Uh, I always wanted to be able to have that. And my wife and I have worked extremely hard to get the financial abundance but from here, it's all about giving back. So my goal is to generate $8 billion in income to put into a foundation that will be able to concentrate on putting energies into desalination of the ocean. And specifically, I, I, I say this every once in a while, and people will go, you want the, let me see, the ocean not to be salt water? No. <laughs> We're going to take the salt water put it into regular water and put it onto the land because <laughs> that's where we need it. Yeah. <laughs> and if it keeps rising, we can keep taking it out and keep putting it on land. Yeah. So it can change the world. And we know that in Israel, Palestine, and Dubai, we have amazing desalination plants. So my whole thing is to do reverse engineering with kids teenagers, young college students that where money is not the thing that they're looking for. The guy, the young kid from uh, Holland that they've got the, the machine now that's going out into the ocean that's eating the plastic. Yeah. That's a kid yeah. that didn't think about the money one way or the other like the, like the cigarette industry. Yes. Right? Yeah. I talk about this all the time. Please or go with it. don't let me go there to the <laughs> doctors that do aspirin. 80% yep. of the aspirin have esophetamine in them, which is a rebound drug for headaches. So, yeah, 80% of the aspirin have a rebound drug that causes headaches. We I know because my mother went into a coma, had an aneurysm, 
and I had headaches for 45 years. I finally got diagnosed with an aneurysm, went to the after I almost killed myself and went through deep depression and everything else. I said, hey, the medicine's got to be better for 20 years. And so I went to the best neurosurgeon. And he was like, so do you have headaches? I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got headaches. He goes, well, good news. Do you take aspirin? Oh, yeah, I take Excedrin. And da, da, da. If you get off the aspirin, your, your headaches will go away. Mm. Three years, I've had three headaches. Nice. And I used to have headaches Every single day that we're blinding. So don't get me started on the government. Yeah. <laughs> because they do a lot of abusive things to us and want us to be abused. Which also goes back to self-mastery and awareness. This is the hyperconscious podcast. Being aware. You always say this, Kevin. Instead of taking an aspirin, try drinking some water. That's You're most you likely dehydrated. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I won't take aspirin because I know it's. I know it's just a band. It's the first default. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I know. I know if I'm having a bad day. And you're drinking wine. I know you're not drinking wine because you had a bad day. You're drinking wine because you're a wine connoisseur. <laughs> yeah, you know we went to the people, wine closet. Right? That thing yeah. is next level. Go to the wine yeah. cellar. <laughs> yeah. That's bigger than my kitchen. Bottles. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but some room. people will come home and crack open a beer to, oh, I had a rough day. I need to, I need to forget about it. You're just masking the problem. The problem's still going to be there tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to continue to compound over time. Yeah. That's how the hyperconscious podcast, that's what hyperconscious means. Yeah. It means knowing your thoughts and knowing how they're controlling you. That's that's why I'm so passionate about this, Steve, because so many for the longest time I would just say, Oh, this is just how life is. Yeah, I guess everybody is miserable. Yeah. I guess I guess when I get married I'm I'm gonna sleep on the couch. I guess you know, <laughs> I guess this, I guess that, because that's what everybody else says. You resonated with that one, yeah. Yeah, that's sure. that was a big one. Yeah. But but realizing used to sleep there. <laughs> yeah. Not but, anymore. But realizing when people say, Well that Steve, that's just how it is. You can't you can't have a you can't have a mansion on the side of a mountain. It's just how it is. You you have to you have to do this. You have to do that. You're gonna make eight billion dollars and you're gonna put it back into the ocean. Like, what what about people who do have big dreams? What about the dreamers who want to change the world? What about them? What do you have to say to them about? You can do it, right? If you have an idea, if you have a dream, you can fucking do it. Pardon my French, English. Absolutely. Get fired up. A dream is what sparks the heart. Mm. That's what sparks the heart, and it all starts in the heart. It goes up through the head, and then it either goes right or left. Devil, angel. <sighs> but the heart is pure. So the ignite, the ignition is pure. So dream big, because the bigger you dream, even if you don't quite reach it, you'll be so high up that you'll be able to see the world. Mm, that was that. powerful. I love right that. There. That's going to be a teaser clip. Do we for have sure. a switch for that light by any chance? Yes, we do. Can you tell me where it is? Or is it hard to find? Kev, also, time check. What do you think we got? We're at 30 minutes right 30 now. 30 minutes? Okay, we got another I 10. I think or so. it's right behind that. All right. I'll check. Alan, you're up. Okay, sounds good. So, um, you actually just mentioned to us. Uh, before the podcast, you lifted up your shirt, you're in great shape, you take good care of yourself. It seems like you've come to a place in your life where you have your priorities just in order, Steve. Honestly, I've met a lot of people on the podcast speaking. It seems like you, I know the one thing is a book by Gary Keller that you live by and you were trained in. What can you tell people about priorities? Keeping the main thing, 
the main thing because we're scattered more and more these days. You and I were at that event with some younger gentlemen mm-hmm. who said it was a struggle to stay off social media for 15 minutes. We're living in a world of overstimulation. How do you stay so focused? You told us how busy you were, but you took time out of your night. Thank you so much yes, for coming here. We appreciate what can you, you tell people about priorities? Well, first of all, I'm going to say priority uh, yes. because it's a singular word. We've bastardized it over the last 20 to 30 to 40 years, but a priority is a priority, meaning the one thing that you're going to get done, such as by doing it, everything else is going to be easier or unnecessary. And what that leads to is a sequential life. And so one of the things that you alluded to is that I got certified in the one thing, and anyone can get certified in the one thing. That's something that Keller Williams offers. You don't have to go to Keller Williams. It doesn't matter what profession you're in think it's about five thousand dollars but again that's an example of Mm self-mastery i went paid the money to learn so i could live it Mm. Uh, i paid this uh, money to learn quantum leap for kids so i could live it Uh, i got certified to teach john maxwell yes we talked about live it so those are three examples of twenty thousand dollars in investment to just live it to be able to speak it, but really to internalize it. Mm. So at the end of the day, if you have a priority, you need to get it done. So the one thing that I say is when you start a task, it's totally irresponsible if you start a task and don't finish it. Mm -hmm. Life is a sprint. You just get things done in a little sprint. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, you don't have to have huge disciplines in life. You just have to have small disciplines that lead to good habits and just keep focused on those good habits and just get one thing done at a time. Everyone in this world has thought that for the last 10 years, multitasking, Mm. number one abused word on a resume. And if they put multitasking on their resume, it's truly task switching, and it means that you're really good at doing a terrible job. So it's exactly diametrically opposite from focusing on a priority. So don't multitask. I remember at the event, this, and this will, this, you know, I was a little embarrassed about this, but I remember you said, how many people in here are really good multitaskers? And I'm like, yeah, this is me. And then you said, no, you're not. There's nobody in here that's a good multitasker. And I was like, oh, shit, I did it again. I did it again. <laughs> and I also, work. yeah, right? I also have to thank you because you did sign a copy of this book for me. And because of you, I, be, I came up with the podcast uh, mantra that I say daily. Alan knows it's on my vision board. Yes. So because of you that day, I remember. When you gave me the book, when you signed the book for me, I remember having that feeling of just overwhelming gratitude just because it felt like somebody believed in me. Like from, because you said if you keep doing it, just keep doing it. You'll get there. If you keep doing it, you'll get there. How important is it? You've, by all standards, you've attained the highest level of success. If somebody came in here, they'd say, wow, you must be. You're next level, next, next, next level. I've never seen a house like this in person. Take it from me. I, I know I'm fortunate enough to know very many wealthy people. This is this house is unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's like yeah. And so you, you mentioned a car that we're hoping to see later. We won't mention <laughs> on the podcast because you're like no one, no one sees that. He's hiding it. He's how, hiding um, it. <laughs> how important do you think it is to surround yourself with like-minded people who believe in you, believe in themselves, and see your vision? 
100%. And I can truly say that at Keller Williams for at least 1998 through 2000 and probably 2004, so six years, Gary Keller, I would go to his mastermind and he would say, you are who you surround yourself with. You are who you surround yourself with. Who are the five people that you surround yourself with? Mm. And all those six years, I kept thinking, well, I have a couple of friends that are probably not doing so well. I'll be very nice in this podcast, um, but they're still great people, and I believe in them, and I can change them, and it doesn't matter if I hang out with them or not. And in those six years, I grew very little. Interesting. Very little. Thank you for sharing that. When that was I very honest. Yes. Finally, let go and said, "You are who you associate with," and I actually had to befriend my best friend. I grew exponentially, and the people that I surround myself with now are all extremely successful. They're all extremely high-minded. Uh, everything that we all say rubs off on each other. Mm. And I've never been in a greater group of people in my entire life. Mm. And it's what's given me this abundance. Yeah, your your mindset is a testament to that, for sure. I've even seen a shift in you ever since a year and a half when we first met. Uh, I think it was two years ago now or so, down the Cape. Um, I've noticed you seem more well all around, which is awesome. Not that you weren't then. But, like, I've noticed it's, it's really great. Um, one thing that we just learned, too, is uh, Brendan Burchard created a framework around this. And we talk about this on the podcast all the time. You're the five people you surround yourself with. But it's so hard to cut ties. He, he put them in three buckets. And as an investor, you'll like the bucket analogy. So old friends, maintenance friends, and then growth friends. And you know, um, in, just so everyone knows, in Steve Ratter's speech, he talks heavily on Pareto's principle. The 80-20 principle. Basically, 20% of your actions create 80% of the results. But what if you take 20% of that 20%, that whole thing? So leverage. Um, so the Pareto principle for me, I'm, I'm trying to spend 80% of my time, money, and energy around people that are growth in the growth bucket. What are your thoughts on that? Um, do you have any advice for me and people out there that are in a sim similar situation? Absolutely, 100%. That's the best place to be. And that growth bucket is what's going to grow you. However, I don't forget about the wisdom bucket. That's the older people. And we don't go to the older people enough to hear the wisdom. Interesting. We're, we're young kids, and we don't ever stop. And, you know, people have been there, done that. And I'm telling you, every time a, an older person has said, yeah, right, yeah, no, that's not going to work. Oh, can't serve two masters. They've always been correct. So don't forget about the wisdom bucket. There the is a bucket. lot of people out there that are older than us that have been there, done that, that would love to share with you. You did down the Cape so much. You and I connected, um, and I remember you telling me so many things. I learned more in that day. That was like a big caterpillar to butterfly moment for me, Steve. I, it really was. It really was. And I would argue that we're in the wisdom bucket right now. Oh, for sure. Kevin and I are. For, for sure. sure we're in the wisdom bucket. And all Steve. the listeners are as well. Yeah. So I think that you give a very unique perspective because I feel like you've grown and evolved just so much. In order to get where you are, you kind of had to. You kind of had to realize the person I am 
is limited because of the demons, right? And I'm, so I'm sure you've gone through growing and growing and growing. We always talk about growing pains. Mm. Did you know early on, early in your pursuit of this, that we always say, if you don't believe it's, it's worth it, if you don't believe this is all worth it, if you don't believe fixing, you know, taking water out of the oceans and, and make, turning it into water that we can drink and consume and, and bathe with and all that, if you didn't believe that was a thing, if you weren't passionate about that change, would you have made it where you are now? Would you have crawled through all the mud? Did you believe early on that it would be worth it? Because we believe that that's kind of the only way you're going to make it. Yeah. You have to think the dream is going to be worth the climb. As I look through my whole entire life, I always believed in, I always visualized I could do it. And it started when I was very, I was 10 years old. And I got up on the high board, and I had a uh, someone that I looked up to that said, you know, do a two and a half. I could do like a one and a half pretty easily. And he, two and a half. And I said, you know. And what I do is I go to the end of the board, I hit the board, I spring off of it, I close my eyes, and I visualize what I'm going to do. And I truly feel it's that visual, visual, visualization because I've been a blind diver my whole career and I can do so many different dives all with my eyes closed. But I know for sure if I hit that board and had any hesitation mm. whatsoever, mm. just the slightest hesitation, I would flop and it would hurt. So I learned as a very young kid to just visualize it and just go for it. And here's the secret. One, two, three, do it. Mm. Do it. How often do you use that in your everyday life? The one, two, three, do it. Uh, every day. Every day. Every Listeners, day. please realize these commonalities of these ridiculously successful and incredible and happily fulfilled guests that we have. I love that. We talk about the five-second rule. Yep. Countdown from five, five, four, three, two, one. And so I get out of the shower. I'll, when I'm in a nice warm shower and I say, oh, this is great. This is beautiful. I say, <laughs> all right, you're being an asshole now. You don't need, you're just sitting in here enjoying the hot water. You don't need this. <laughs> so I say five, four, and you kind of make a pact with yourself. You kind of make a pact with, I don't want to be a liar to myself. Yeah. Nope. And I never once have failed. And now I do that in the morning. If I'm, I don't do the social media in bed anymore. I did for a while. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother can of worms. You could do a whole podcast on social media early in the morning. But, <laughs> but now when I, if I hit the snooze and I'm getting ready to roll back over, I say, no, 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 five, four, and I will not fail because I've, I signed up for that with myself. I cannot let myself fail. So we have a couple more minutes, Alan. I'll let you ask yeah. your question if you want. Yeah. Okay. So we're, we're getting to the end. Yeah, here. we're getting to the end. So we ask each guest a specific question. Um, I have one of mine that I like to ask and then Kevin has oh. his. You know that I wear this uh, North Star around my neck, unwavering, unyielding. It's the brightest star in the sky, and it represents my purpose and who I want to be and what I want to be for the world, my mission. I believe that that desire in the heart that you talked about earlier, those dreams, I believe they come from a place that's bigger than us if we will just listen. And I believe there's a part of us that just never changed. We do grow. We do evolve. We, do, we are the caterpillar into the butterfly and then caterpillar butterfly, and we're always evolving, transforming. But I do believe there's a part of us that never changed. So my question for you is very simple. What about you never changed? My love for my mother. 
the biggest hurt that I have, but it's the biggest help that I have. It hurts me the most and it helps me the most because it's where I love the most. Powerful. I feel you right now. My goodness. Yeah. I appreciate you being as candid as you are, as open as you are, as vulnerable as you are, because emotion moves mountains. You could sit up here and have canned questions that you could answer with, but you're digging deep within yourself, and I firmly believe that is the only way to change somebody else, to help somebody else realize if somebody else is going through pain right now, we all are. We all have that thing, that mm-hmm. thing that hurts you, that thing that you, anytime you start to talk about it, you start to tear up, and you, yeah. you go back to that place. We all have that. You can either let that control you for the rest of your life, or you can and you use said it, it earlier, or you can use it, or you can use it as motivation, or you can use it as a positive memory, a fond memory. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that very much. I appreciate that you're so willing to be vulnerable with us. Turn like, that pain into power. My favorite question to ask people is, what do you hope to accomplish before you die? We have 90 years, 100 years on this earth if we're lucky. A lot of people spend a lot of time doing, you know, in miserable jobs, miserable relationships, in unhappy lives. And they don't, either they don't know it or they're not willing to, to change it. But I believe if you find that thing that you want to do, we want to change the world with this podcast. Oh, yeah. Not for a life, not just for a life of freedom for ourselves, but so people can realize that they can live any life that they're willing to work for. That's the key. Any life that you're willing to work for. Mm. That, this, this passion drives me all the way out here. I hate planes, Steve, almost more than anything. <laughs> almost more than Other anything. Other than sharks. But I will do whatever it takes. Never quit. I will do whatever it takes for this podcast. This is my thing. You had your thing that got you to where you are. What do you hope to accomplish before you die? At 105 years old, I'll be sitting on the porch with my wife, Beth. We'll be holding hands, rocking in the rocking chair. My son will have his three children. I already seen them. The world will be a better place. And all the things that I worked for will all be in place. And I can truly... Go up and see my mother and all the people that I miss and know that I did what I was supposed to do. That's beautiful. I appreciate you very much. Thank you so much for coming. I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Steve. Thank you. My pleasure. Is there anything you you want to share book-wise, work-wise, anything you want to leave the listeners with before you go? Um, you can plug away with anything you want to let them know about you or anything. Here's what I like to say. Just be happy. Always work hard to be happy and to love others. And that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, this was, uh, what a way to end the most incredible week of my entire life. The most growth I've experienced in my entire life building relationships that I never thought would ever happen, doing things I couldn't even fathom doing a year ago. Every single one of us sitting at this table here is proof that you can change, that you can change. If you're willing to put in the work, if you're willing to face your demons, your doubts, your fears, you can change. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And again, Steve, thank you so much for allowing us into your world, into your mind, into your heart especially. I cannot thank you enough. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Steve, for coming on. This has been amazing. Uh, For the listeners, I agree with Kevin 100%. This week has been tough. Tons of travel, tons of hard work, digging deep, tons of emotions, laughing, crying, dancing. But it's also been the most rewarding. And 
you know, if you're struggling right now, just keep climbing because it's going to be worth it because the growth that comes with that is going to help you love more, like Steve just said. So thank you all for um, uh, for listening, and thank you, Steve, for coming on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we will talk to you on the next episode. Bye. Talk to you soon. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for listening to another episode of the Hyperconscious Podcast. Going hyperconscious will absolutely change your life because if you understand why something is the way it is, now you have the power to change it. If you going hyperconscious with us has changed your life in any way, please share this episode with one of your friends because the more people that go hyperconscious, the better this world's going to be for everybody. And if you would kindly leave us a five star review on iTunes, that would help us make more people hyperconscious and we would be greatly appreciative. Thank you. Bye.